world. It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Go wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Three days a week, all August long and into September. It's a daily podcast, but we take a little break in the summertime, but we're still bringing you regular episodes. We're coming at you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday through all of August. So uh, if you've missed any of the episodes, we had a long conversation with Sean Hyken, a long conversation with Brandon Sprague. We'll try to get some more long interviews coming here in the future, but uh, your boy is back from vacation, and I'm solo on today's show, and we're talking all things Tyler Hero. Unfortunately, fortunately, however you want to phrase it, if you're a Blazer fan, and you're listening to this podcast in the middle of August, you've probably had to think more about Tyler Hero than you ever thought you would, or maybe you ever thought you wanted to. Perhaps you've always enjoyed Tyler Hero, the musical stylings of Tyler Hero, so you're excited. You're excited to to think and, and consider him as a basketball player. But for someone who's not on the roster and may never be on the roster, you've certainly had to... Um, wade into the waters of Tyler Hero a lot this offseason. And I, I think he finds, um, I think he's in a strange spot, and the Blazers are in a strange spot vis-a-vis Tyler Hero. And that's what I want to talk about a little in today's show, sort of the Tyler Hero conundrum. The I, I still believe very firmly that the Blazers are going to end up trading Damian Lillard to the Miami Heat. Quite frankly, I think they're going to do it before training camp starts. Um, so if you're a Heat fan that got two minutes into this episode, yeah, there you go. That's, that's what I think is going to happen. I've said it a million times. Might as well say it again here. No, nah, I'm more like small hundreds. Yeah, like I think this ends with the, with the Blazers and Heat working out a deal. But there is no deal without Tyler Hill involved because the, the Heat do not have another young, uh, interesting prospect like, like who could be legitimately like considered, oh, this guy's going to be really good. Nikola Jovic, sure, might end up being good, but the most the thing you know about Nikola Jovic is mostly that his name sounds like Nikola Jokic. Jaime Jaquez, someone who I have uh, consistently said that I like here on, on this podcast, yeah, like, I th- think he's going to be a good basketball player, but the idea that he is, like, a high-level NBA player, we don't know. He hasn't played any games yet. Tyler Hero is, like, a bona fide good NBA player, and so if there's going to be a trade that involves the Heat, Falls Damian Lillard, which there's almost certainly going to be. Tyler Hero is going to be involved because the Heat are going to, for sour reasons, they're going to have to send out Hero uh, and his money, and for and just for like value in terms of players leaving the team, Hero has to be involved. It's just it's just he's he's part of it. Whether Hero ends up on the Blazers or a third team, that will remain to be seen. But but there is no version of the Dame to Heat trade that doesn't include Tyler Hero. That's just, that's where we are. So so what I want to do in today's show, and what I'm going to do in today's show, is kind of discuss the Hero thing from a couple angles. But I want to set the stage first a little bit. One, I think, and I mentioned he's in a weird spot, Tyler Hero is both overrated and underrated at this point, like simultaneously, depending on who you ask. Um, I think generally speaking, very broadly speaking here, that the Miami collective fans media members dan levitard uh like uh, overrate tyler hero right they overrate him uh they, they, it's, it's he's gonna be in fact uh locked on heat friend of the podcast david ramil who who's, who's been on the show a couple times um and and it, him and west do a really good job over on locked on heat david ramil said he's gonna that tyler hero's gonna be a multi-time all-star in a crossover episode we did <laughs> yeah okay i hope he is right best of luck but i like i legitimately i giggle at that idea sounds wild to me a little overrated on the Miami side but he's 
pretty underrated. At, like at, from the Blazer side, you hear Blazer fans think that Tyler Hero stinks. He's like, he's the worst player on earth. He's super garbage. Like he's legitimately bad. It's like not everyone thinks this. I'm talking very broadly speaking. I think these are the two, these two sort of loudest, loudest parts of the spectrum. So, like I think, I think broadly speaking, and, I, and I'll say that again. Like broadly speaking, it, it is the the Blazers, the, the the Blazers and Heat sides have kind of overrated and underrated Hero simultaneously, where his actual value is like just totally clouded. The real truth of it is that he's good. Like he's a good basketball player. He averaged twenty five point four rebounds and four point two assists. Twenty five and four, or twenty five and a half and four, if you want to round up a little bit. Like at twenty three, he averaged. 25 and 4 at 22 he doesn't turn 24 until January um you know he's had some struggles in the playoffs after a super hot bubble run and I think one of um one of the real issues and and uh shout out to my friend Chuck friend of the podcast who I was discussing this with one of the real issues with the sort of like recent value of Tyler Hero is that when he got hurt in the playoffs the heat didn't seem to miss him and that hurts your value. That hurts just like natural perception. I think from fans, probably more than basketball teams, teams um, are doing data a little bit differently. But certainly there is a recency bias that's like, I don't know, was Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, the Heat were like a team that made the NBA finals. How good is Tyler Hero? How much would he have changed things? For my money, not very much until they got to the finals when they desperately needed someone who could score and they really could have used Tyler Hero in the finals. Um too bad his wrist wasn't ready to go because I uh, would have made for probably a more competitive, although the Nuggets are really good. They probably would have rolled him anyways. Um, but like the truth of it is that Tyler Hill's good. There is some, there's some recency bias here and there's some, some polar opposites on either sides, but the truth is he's good. And then the, 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 the sort of more pressing truth is he doesn't really fit on the Blazers. He just doesn't fit. This is an oops, all guards roster that just keeps leaning into oops all guards and trading Damian Lillard for another guard and leaning into the oops all guards world even more aggressively seems wild, wild. The roster, like as it stands right now, doesn't make sense when you bring back Damian Lillard, one of the best players in the history of, of his position. Like it would be, we the backcourt would be crowded and weird and wouldn't make sense. You just do that with a worse player in Tyler Hero. And I don't think it's controversial to say that Damian Lillard is significantly better than, better than Tyler Hero. Like, it just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be your, what you're trying to do is a little bit different if you have Tyler Hero and more on that later in the show. But like, Tyler Hero's value specific to the current state of the Blazers is not as high. His production as a basketball player probably outweighs his overall trade value. And his production as a basketball player significantly outweighs his trade value to the Portland Trailblazers. They're a weird match. Hero, Dame, the Blazers, this trade. They're a weird match. If it was a cleaner match, this thing would have been done in July. Or if Hero had more sort of general trade value, this thing might have already been done as well. And I think when I say that, Blazer fans can relate. If you thought the Blazers were going to trade, if you've been screaming for the Blazers to just trade Amphrey Simons for a star forward out there, it's like, I don't think that trade's available. And Tyler Hero and Amphrey Simons are very similar basketball players. And that's what I want to talk about in the second segment. A listener, actually multiple listeners, have made the case to me, Blazer fans, that Tyler Hero is better than Anthony Simons and maybe they should just prefer Hero over Ant. 
that is a novel idea. And I don't think something that's been openly considered in, um, at least on this podcast, it might be considered other, other places. I haven't listened to every podcast in the world. I'll admit it. Um, so I won't claim anything. I'll just claim on the show. We haven't really talked about it. Let's discuss that. Should the Blazers prioritize in a deal with Miami, keeping Tyler Hero over Anthony Simons? Let's talk about that in the second segment. First, I want to tell you about the shorts I'm wearing right now. They're bird dogs and they're darn comfortable. Um, I'm willing, I'm wearing the Billy Bud uh, line. They're blue. They're super comfy. They got a, a liner inside, so they got hug your thighs. And they're not super big and boxy. Like if you're rocking the 2002 rap music video, short, like cargo shorts, they're just like giant boxy pants that come around your legs and kind of make you look like you're weird shaped, like you're wearing a parachute. You got a t-shirt on and parachute below. That's an odd look. Bird dogs, they don't have an odd look. They, they, they fit your legs well. They give you kind of that sculpted look coming down your legs. So you got the gams out. I'm rocking five and a half, five and a half inch inseams. I got the gams out. It's summer. I'm looking great. I'm getting, I've got, you know, skies out, thighs out here in Portland during the two and a half months when it's sunny. I'm taking advantage of those two and a half months. I'm loving it. But not only are they comfortable, they're also versatile. Like these, the I can work out in them or I can just wear them to like look like I'm wearing nice pants. They're comfy. They make you look great. And guess what? Right now, you can go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter the promo code LockedOnNBA for a free white tech hat. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or the promo code LockedOnNBA for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. All right. Let's talk Tyler Hero. Let's talk Anthony Simons. And let's talk some ideas pitched by listener Casey and listener Dr. J. Both Casey and Dr. J had similar ideas. Casey asked, this is a mini mailbag situation. Casey asked, would you consider it a possible better path forward for the Blazers to bring in Tyler Hero as part of the, of the assumed Dame to Miami trade and move on from Anthony Simons? And Dr. J asks, forgetting the contract, because honestly, it doesn't matter that much once Dame is off the books, who is a better fit with Scoot or Sharp, Amphrey Simons or Tyler Hero. So, I think, um, I think I should. Put, I guess I should put my cards on the table. I th- I think Amphrey Simons is better than Tyler Hero. I think he's better because I think he can. Sh- I think he can create a shot a little bit better. I think if he was given more playmaking opportunity, he has a little bit more in him. He's not a natural playmaker by any means, but when he's only a two guard, it even exacerbates his. Um, enthusiasm to shoot the ball. Um, I think Hero is a, is, is a really good sort of off-ball-y scorer and, and can and can attack, and he's, he can get to the free-throw line. He's been really good in big games, um, at least in, in uh, Disney. But, like, he's... For me, I think every time it's a little more on-ball creation juice, and I think he's a little better player. He's also a little smaller, and has not been nearly as good of a rebounder, and just in sort of terms of overall production, Tyler Hero has been, has, has been consistently uh, average more assists opportunity, role, situation, all that stuff matters. But I think every sound is a little better. I do. I, I hold the belief that every sound is a little better. If you think that Tyler Hero is better and you believe that strongly, I think that's totally reasonable. Like, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, I'm not going to die on the Anthony Simons Hill. I will say, you say, Tyler Hero is better, Mike, you're an idiot. I'll say, all right, that's a, like a totally reasonable uh, opinion to hold. Um, I'm not a big screamer. This is kind of a sports yelling show, but uh, mostly I'm not a big screamer. So I think they're very similar players. 
Tyler Hero is a little bigger, and I think there's some value there. And he's paid a little bit more money. But in the grand scheme of what the Blazers are going to look like, assuming a Damian Lillard trade, the money doesn't really make any difference. Like, the money doesn't really make any difference. So what Casey and Dr. J are asking, and I'll take these questions separately, is kind of like, why not just prioritize Hero? A little bit bigger? Maybe a little bit better? Why not just prioritize Hero? And I, to that, I say, yeah, that's fine. I think that's like a fine opinion to hold. But it doesn't actually solve the problem. Because the problem for the Blazers is that they're going to end up with too many guards. Oops, all guards, right? They're going to end up with too many guards. So just sub out the which find a third team for Tyler Hero and start saying find a third team for Anthony Simons. Well, I think the Blazers pretty clearly have shopped Simons this summer and haven't found exactly that magical trade for him. Um, if you believe that they were ever at any point trying to build a competitive team around Dame, you better believe that they made calls to trade Simons and um, and and kind of didn't get back the value that they thought they would. Um, it's There's been some mixed reporting whether they truly offered three in Simons for Mikhail Bridges. If they did in the Nets didn't take that. It is wild. It remains wild to me. But um, you know, if, if they were if they were just like not into it, then th- like you kind of understand the perception of every time is around the league. And I talked about this in the first segment. I think the archetype of Hero and Amphrey Simons, and you can throw Jordan Poole in this mix, is not particularly valued around the league right now. I think a not quite point guard who is a negative to extreme negative on defense is just not really valued around the league teams. You can like these guys production is going to outweigh their trade value because who not every team has like, needs this like sort of plug and play six manny type and hero has been much more of a productive six man than Ant in terms of like role. In fact, he won an award for it at one point, like, but in general, like that's what the archetype of player is, right? It's like, okay, you're not an elite defender, um, you're not quite a point guard, so you're really like a combo that comes off the bench, a combo two like wing that comes off the bench. You you get the ball, you score. You're not a great playmaker, not a not a natural playmaker. You're not this like shutdown guy, but you can really score. So let's get you in there in there against second units, prop up a def- prop up a second unit that's not going to have as much offense and let you go to work. Like that's the prototype of the Jordan Pools and the Tyler Hero and the Anthony Simons. Hero has certainly been. I don't know if he's been the best. Jordan Poole's really good during a championship run, and then it kind of fell apart for him due to some uh, workplace issues. He had some workplace issues that that caused him to have to ch- change jobs. But like, I think in general, if the Tyler Hero market is relatively tepid, and it might not be, we might find out you can trade Tyler Hero for a top six protected pick, and the Blazers will end up with the eighth overall pick in twenty twenty six or some magic like that from the Orlando Magic or something. Um, like Or the or the the Jazz, who have been rumored to be interested, will get involved and give up a relatively appealing pick. Like, I mean, it might come there and and, and, and that'll kind of change. It might get there and will kind of change the, the, the perception. But I think right now, my general belief is that the market on these type of guys is pretty tepid, It's right? It's just like, it's not that, it's not that frothy. So you end up with the sort of same problem. If you prioritize Hero over Ant, it's still, what do you find for Ant? And if you find for Ant, like middling first, or like not even middling, middling first might be fine at this point, quite frankly. But like if you find crappy, hyper-protected first round picks or deep down the line, yeah, you can have a first round pick in 2029 or whatever that aren't like, they don't like give you immediate return for like what the Blazers are trying to do, which is like build a winner over the next five, three to five seasons. Um, it's like, it becomes less appealing. 
And if other teams uh, also think that Hero is better than Avery Simons, you're just making the problem harder for you in terms of return. And if you really believe Hero is better than Ant, then that might change the calculation. But for me, it just moves the problem around. You are just rearranging the math problem. Instead of what do we can get for Y, you're saying, what can we get for Z? And that's that doesn't actually solve the Blazers' problem at the heart of it. But Dr. J asks, who's a better fit? I think Hero is a better fit because I think the best version of Amphrey Simons has the ball in his hand, and I think the best version of Tyler Hero is a spot-up guy. Um, I I've watched Ant so much closer than Hero. Like, I I've watched a ton of Heat games, um, you know, but, like, we're talking, like, 40 over the past three years or whatever, you know, which is like a bunch for a team you don't cover. I've watched every single one of Ant's minutes over the last however many years. Um, I guess this is year six. So I, I think I've, I've probably watched every single minute of Ambry Simon's career. Um, at some point during his career, I did lose my job at the Oregonian. So I kind of didn't watch basketball for three weeks. I was throwing a fit, but like then I was back in the game pretty quickly. So yeah, I missed like I missed some games in January of 2018 or whatever, but like I was back by the all-star break. Um, so, uh, it's, um, shout out, shout out to the shrinking media market for causing me to miss some games in eight, in five years ago. Um, but like my perception of Amphrey Simons is that he's better on the ball and heroes, you can get more out of him off the ball and is a great off ball player, but the best version of Ant is on the ball. And I think the best version of hero might be cutter a little bit on the ball stuff, but less, just like less true, just pick and roll creation. And Ant might be a true pick and roll guy. So for me, if like, if you're really, if you're really getting down to the nitty gritty and you're thinking about Shaden Sharp and you're thinking about Scoot Henderson, I think hero might even be a better fit lineup wise. But to Casey's question, it doesn't actually solve the problem. But here, it's the thing, is that Listener Rod said, I got a solution for you right here. And Listener Rod sent me a long email offering the solution to all of this. And that's what we'll do in the third segment to close the show. We'll talk about the solution from Listener Rod. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass, first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. So... The Tyler Hero conundrum marches on. He's good, but not great. His production outweighs his trade value. And if you say, okay, Hero over Ant, you don't actually solve the Blazers' problem. So Rod says, I got your solution. Listener Rod, send me an email, a long email that I am super paraphrasing. Um, here, I'm paraphrasing down to three words. Keep them all. Keep them all. Rod's suggestion is that you keep in the Damian Lillard, hypothetical Damian Lillard trade. You say, Tyler Hero's good. The point of a rebuild is to have good young players under contract for multiple seasons that are either playable and like part of your plan or can be traded down the line and that you're not losing team control of. But Tyler Hero fits that. Beginning of four-year contract. Good basketball player. Doesn't turn 24 until January. Good young player under contract for multiple seasons kind of fits the bill of what you'd want in a rebuild, right? So keep him. Amphrey Simons, good young player, uh, three years remaining on his contract. Uh, doesn't, doesn't turn 25 until next spring. Keep him. Scoot Henderson, he's 19. Keep him. Obviously, he's like entering his rookie contract. You have team control of him for nine years if you want. Shane Sharp, year two, 20 years old. Keep him. And Rod's solution is to say, okay, this doesn't fit perfectly, but this team isn't trying to be good. What they're trying to do is figure out what works and why 
force it in a in 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 this market if the if the trade value for um, Amphrey Simons or the trade value for Tyler Hero is low, just smoke what you got. Roll forward with roll for, like keep if if this is the best player you can get in a trade. If this is the best player you can get in a Damian Lillard deal, and it seems like it probably is. Like I like I think the market is the market. Um, certainly, there's people who are out there screaming like. Uh, you know, hold on and the market will get better. And um, I think there might be some virtue in that patience, but I, I, I don't necessarily buy that. Um, and if you listen this far in the show and you've been screaming it the whole time, I don't buy it. Um, I don't think the Blazers have to capitulate and take a bad heat offer, but I think they'll probably have to take some version of the heat offer at some point. And, and so then you are end up with the solution that Rod offers here. Keep them all. Keep them all. Rod even went as far in this email to pencil out the potential minutes allocation, including playing some Shaden Sharp at small forward, which I think he will play, have to play some minutes there in order to get time as it is. Play Scoot 30 minutes, play Amphrey Simons 30 minutes. You, uh, Simons plays some backup one when Scoot sits. Uh, Tyler Hill Tyler either starts or comes off the bench and plays a bunch of, that, of two. And Shaden Sharp plays majority of his minutes at the three and then when they're as you're cycling out you can put him you know five minutes at the two next to one of the guards and at all times you have two very good young guards on the court this is noble in its thoroughness and i don't think it's an insane logic point to begin with i think actually it's fine like in terms of just like basic math <laughs> like like there's 96 minutes to play at the guards so you split 30 minutes between three of them a piece that's 90 you play shade and sharp six minutes at at uh six minutes at shooting guard in those in the minutes that those guys aren't playing and then you and then you figure out his other 24 minutes mostly at shooting guard split with matisse thibel right like you're gonna be small anyways sure it it, it gets you it gets you close in in sort of raw logic but practically, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Last year, Amphrey Simons played 35 minutes a night. Off the bench, Tyler Hero... Uh, well, he was he started all of his games last year, 67 games. But off the bench two years ago, he played in 66 games. 56 of them, he came off the bench. He played 33 minutes a night. Good players and starters in this league play 34-plus. And when guys go into the locker room at the end of the game, they look at two things in the box score, and they'll lie to you, but they're always looking at two things in the box score. They um, still hand out paper box scores in the Blazers' locker room. Not sure they do that everywhere else. If you look at shots, look at minutes. You can probably rationalize a way to get players enough shots. Um it's not perfect. There's a lot of mouths to feed in that Blazers offense. If you include Tyler Hero, you still have Jeremy Grant. And I think Rod's proposal also included shipping out Yusuf Nurkic. So you don't have Nurk, but like you still have JG and you still have the four guards. Like there's not a bunch of shots to go around, but you could probably logic your way into Tyler Hero taking 14 shots a night or something like that and not 17. Um, it's it's not ideal, <laughs> but, but it's, but I think again, like sort of the raw basic math, but Asking a guy like Hero who played 35 a night to, okay, you play 30 now. And and Amphrey Simons, you played 35 a night last year. Okay, you play 30 now. At some point, it becomes untenable because those guys just aren't okay with it. And for a team that seems to, buy, seems to be prioritizing the youth, right? 
prioritizing a 19-year-old point guard they just drafted third overall and prioritizing a 20-year-old. And Sharp is probably a two in the future of the league. Like, he's probably a two. I think there's a world where he ends up being a starting small forward in the NBA. Like, I don't think that's insane. But, like, he's probably a two. I view him as as the best-case scenario. Is he's, like, plus length matters. So, like, play him at the two. Play even a bigger person at the three. Like, that's the big wings is how teams win in the league. I think it's been pretty consistent with with good teams, the bigger, bigger on the wings. So Sharp is like probably a two if you want to be bigger on the wings. But if you're prioritizing, prioritizing those two guys, putting an artificial cap on their minutes and saying like, okay, you can play and we're going to get you your minutes, but you really can't play more than 28. Or like you can play, but literally 31 is the most you can realistically play on any given night if we're healthy because we have to play other folks. Or on some nights when a guy has it going and you just have to hold someone out for a few minutes, you played 24 minutes tonight. That's, you know, I don't think like Shaden Sharp's going to blow up over playing 24 minutes. And I don't even think it would be like criminal if Shaden Sharp only played 25 minutes a night, but it wouldn't be valuable. Wouldn't be valuable. The The future of the Blazers is data collection, right? This year is data collection. You could argue that this is, the, Rod probably argues, right, this in his email, right? It's like that the data collection is finding out how Tyler Hero fits and how Anthony Simons fits and who's good and who can play and who helps and what combinations fits together. And then you revisit the trade market down the line. And certainly I think there's some noble logic to it. But in terms of a viable solution that could last for 60 games or whatever and get you to the trade deadline, it seems to be cutting off your nose to spite your face and saying like, okay, well, we can't get a good value for this trade, so we're going to not tank a year of development, but certainly certainly reduce the amount of good data we get on how do the Scoot and Sharp pairing fit together. Uh, you know, how does how does Amphrey Simons fit playing next to Scoot? Can you play Shaden Sharp at, at small forward? Uh, okay, you can't. Well... If he can only play minutes there and you find out he can't really do that, okay, well, you're going to be overmatched a bunch. We're going to throw you out there in bad, just like situations where you're going to have struggle every night. It doesn't matter that they lose. Like, I don't think the win-loss record matters at all. It's just like, are you doing right by how you want the future of the franchise to go? And is there reason, is there value in saying, okay, the trade market is what it is. We're kind of going to punt on it for four and a half months and get to February and and revisit and revisit this after like a, a clunky October, November, December run and revisit this in in in, in January and February and in the six weeks leading up to the trade deadline and find find a home for Ant and find a home for Tyler Hero. Does that really knock up their trade value a whole bunch? If there's a cap on their minutes or if teams know that you're desperate to trade them because you're too clunky and oops all guardsy, I don't know. To me, it's not an actual solution from Rod. It is a noble and logical idea on its face, but to me, it runs into too many problems. Similar to the, okay, prioritize hero over ant problem. And to me, this, this herein lies the conundrum, and herein lies why we're stuck. The Blazers probably would like to, if they could, trade Damian Lillard to Miami for the best version of the Miami deal. But the best version of the Miami deal, which is like pick swaps and all that stuff, right? Like, I, I, I kind of think the Blazers would, would I don't know if they want to, that's probably it, but they would be willing to, to, to eventually talk about it, although there's a lot of reporting that the Blazers are not willing to talk about it. Um, I don't know. How, I kind of, I sort of halfway believe that. I believe that they have no urgency to talk about it in August. I'll put it like that. But 
the problem is that even the best version of the Miami deal has to has to involve sending Tyler Hero or as 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 Casey and Dr. J offered in the second segment, sending Amphrey Simons to a third team. And what that third team is willing to offer complicates things. Because keeping them keeping all the guards doesn't really make sense. Like if you keep Dame, the roster doesn't really make sense. Um and it, it's it has the same sort of like lack of data collection thing. And I I'm uh, I think it's bad. Like I think it's like a stupid way to approach it. Um, if the trade offer gets way, way better, then I'm the stupid one for thinking this. But like uh, I, I think, I think that if it takes months, it takes months. Thing is just like um, good posturing that doesn't actually probably won't lead to more value in the trade market. That's that is my personal opinion. Um, but like I think. I think the Tyler Hero conundrum and I think the challenge of Tyler Hero's what is his value on the market, who's willing to to trade for him, and what does that look like, which you could just sub Anthony Simons in there. What is his trade value in the market? Who's willing to trade for him and what does that trade look like? Because you're going to, like, he, he makes a bunch of money, makes $25 million. You're going to have to take something back, right? But, like, how that works and it maybe it's a three or four team deal and that's how it gets done. And again, I'm of the belief that this gets done before October 2nd. Um that's going to be the tricky part. And I hope this episode helped you kind of see the bumps along the way. Um, I think it's, like I said, like holding a different opinion of hero's value versus mine or, or, or thinking like, yeah, the roster doesn't fit, but it's worth waiting. I think those are like totally reasonable opinions to have. Um, I am just, I think there is a there is just a practical hurdle in the Tyler Hero conundrum the Blazers will have to overcome. And that's, that is one way or another, they will have to find a solution or the Heat will have to find a solution. Or as I've said before, Aaron Goodwin will have to find a solution. That is going to do it for today's show. We're going to do more shows next week. Three of them coming your way. Tell your friends about the program. Available wherever they get podcasts. Also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.